podcast by Sri. The self knows and the mind thinks it knows. After my last podcast, I received some very relevant questions from one of the satsang members, and I thought it might be a nice idea to read the question and reply, as I know everyone can really benefit from these pertinent questions. So the questioner says, I listen to the podcasts and I must say that they are very good. I feel it makes sense the way you are unfolding the themes and the truth of what you are saying. I let it in, or maybe I be it during the listening. After the podcast, however, I am often wondering what was it all about. I seem to easily forget the content and experience of the sessions. My daily practice is difficult. I am often distracted in thoughts in spite of having the intent of being in meditation. I bring myself back to the mantra to realize after a little while how I drifted off again in thoughts. And so the circle repeats itself and I have no real sense of making progress. I seem to forget what it is all about over and over again. I am not surrendering to the ocean, but I am jumping unconsciously from one wave onto the other. I keep entertaining the ego mostly unconsciously. When I close my eyes and look into the space, I don't feel I am space, but I am outside of it because I look into it. When I direct my eyes to the third eye area, I feel an uncomfortable tension between my eyes and I need to open my eyes to release the discomfort. It is as if there is a pull to open my eyes to release the tension. Can you comment on this, please? So I felt it was very important to read this question because they are all points that we can all relate to. And so I created this topic of the podcast for this week, that the self knows and the mind thinks it knows. So let's address some of the points in this question. The first and most important is the expression that says that I let it in, I let it be, and that I feel it makes sense, the themes and the truth of what you are saying. These points come from the perspective of the self, because in the direct experience, when the mind is even for some time in samadhi, that is the experience. I just am. You can say that I am beingness, not being a person, not being a mind. However, as a human being, the mind functions. So, even though at times you experience that peace, that bliss, that truth, that pure beingness, when the mind comes in, the mind will say, as was so beautifully expressed in this letter, I'm wondering what it's all about. I forgot my experience. I'm struggling in my practice. Okay, this struggling is because the mind is now taking charge. The mind is saying that I'm not going back to the mantra as much as I think I should. I've drifted off again into my thoughts, and so on and so forth. This is how the mind functions, so there's nothing wrong with your meditation. So in meditation, as you expressed, surrendering to the ocean, 
rather than jumping unconsciously from one wave onto the other. This is the practice. And the reason that you say you're not surrendering to the ocean is because the mind is saying that. The self is already the ocean. It doesn't have to surrender to anybody. It's only the mind that thinks it's not the ocean. So, therefore, we work with the mind because that's where the sadhak or the aspirant, the one practicing meditation, is starting from. That's the starting place. You notice your mind. You notice it jumps from thought to thought. Your intention is to be with the knower. There's a sense that you're looking at space, but you're the one looking at space. That's all there. So everything that you said in your expression is perfectly fine. This is all how the meditation unfolds. However, what you want to now place your attention on, who was the one that was able to express that? So the very power of the self that knows, that is the pure knowingness, that is the knower, now goes into the mind, and the mind has all these doubts and all these concerns about its own functioning, really. Because the mind realizes that it cannot really know the self because the mind is made to generate thoughts, to jump from one to the other, to plan, to make decisions, and all its other functionings. So, what one now examines in their meditation, number one, accepts that the mind functions this way, number two, examines who is it that knows the mind, who is it that's watching the space, you might first say, the mind is watching the space, and I'm there watching the space, or I'm there watching my thoughts. That's fine. That's a natural step in your progression. But then you ask yourself, who is it that knows that I'm there watching the space or watching the mind? That pure knower is what you express, that you experienced, when you're just listening to the podcasts, and you're just being with it. Now, as you expressed, when the podcast is over, you're offering, often wondering what it was all about. Again, now that's the mind. The mind comes in, and the mind cannot grasp the fullness of its own being. The mind cannot grasp the self. So the mind is a limited instrument that the self uses to perceive the world. So all the power comes from the being. All the power comes from the self. But as you said, this self is forgotten because now the mind has taken over, borrows the power from the self and says, no, I'm in control and this is how I work. And I'm trying to do this, but I can't. This is difficult. This doesn't work for me because the mind wants to stay in control meaning the mind wants to do its work of jumping from thought to thought, of analyzing, of dealing with the situations, and the mind now wants to say that I am the powerful one. I am the one that knows. I am the knower. But in meditation, we experience a higher reality we experience the true self, the pure knower. In that state, 
where there's stillness, where there's no thought. We often use the example of deep sleep because in deep sleep we're aware also that when the mind isn't functioning, there's pure peace. However, deep sleep, you can't do anything other than lie there. So now we bring that into the waking state and we analyze or examine or inquire into who is it that knows this mind? Who is that still space? Who is that pure being that exists in deep sleep? That exists in waking state when I just close my eyes and allow myself to just be and just to listen. So we're again and again reinforcing the awareness of that pure being. So just like you were given your name, I was given the name Sherry, and that name was repeated to me several times, then I had no doubt that I am Sherry. And all the other qualifications that were given to me throughout my life, and I came to know them as me. So anyone would call my name, I would know it was me. Now, you weren't told you are the self, you are pure, you are free, you are forever. If this had been given as your name, Amaramham, Maduramham, I am immortal, I am blissful, or you are immortal, you are blissful, then you would know that to the same degree of surety that you know your name. So now, what we're doing, what we're superimposing, is the truth is the reality rather than the superimposition of all the waking state consciousness which is changing we're returning to our source which is that unchanging peace that unchanging bliss that unchanging being the mind won't totally grasp this the mind won't understand it the mind can only be taken so far Patanjali says yogaschitta vritti nirodaha that the waves of the mind can return to their source, nirod state. But that's still the mind. It's still the level of the mind. And we want to bring in the vivek kyati, the highest discrimination of the self, so that now we can know the source, the very knower knows the knower. The mind will never know the knower because the mind's functioning is an instrument of the self. It's not the pure self. But when you're knowing the knower, then you see the waves of the mind as pure ocean. So even if, as you said in your expression, you're jumping from wave to wave, who is it that's jumping? You are forever still. You don't jump. What are waves? They're just pure consciousness, pure existence, pure bliss. So when there's any tension in the physical body, as you expressed tension when you bring the attention to the third eye, that's because the mind, the human being, wants to strain, wants to get it, wants to create it, wants to be the doer. We're saying here, we're reversing that, knowing that you're forever non-doer. 
so there's no struggle, there's no moving of the eyes physically to view as if a third eye. The third eye is your eye of knowledge. It's your jnana eye, the eye of knowledge. It's not a physical eye, so there's no movement of your eyes to, towards a third eye. It's just the pure knowledge, the pure jnana, which is there everywhere. And when your attention's on that, we say that the third eye is opened. It's not a physical eye. It's not even one eye. It's the whole space, which is I, which is self, which is that pure, free, forever being. So now, with this perspective, you'll know that nothing is wrong with your meditation. The struggle that the mind is going through is totally natural and normal and the one that's knowing the mind is forever present. So it becomes your choice. You can continue saying, I am Sherry, I am a little girl, I was born at a certain location at a certain time and space and I was raised in a certain area and I went to these schools and these high school and this university and achieved these degrees that's what's happening on the relative level. So your focus can be on that, or your focus can be higher, can be on the one that's giving you the power to know all that, which is the very knower, which is the very self. Then all those qualifications, names, locations, interests that have been developed are nothing other than the pure self. So all the waves, bubble, foam, are nothing other than the pure ocean. So this is what's meant in that analogy. So the mind still knows all the qualifications, still remembers all the names and places and dates and times that it needs to, but the knower knows it has never been other, anything other than me. I alone am, so none of that is separate from me. It's all ocean, it's all pure being, it's all consciousness. Another part of the question that I'd like to address is in relation to something that I said previously in a podcast about psychotherapy. Having practiced counseling, mental health counseling and psychotherapy for many years in Florida, I came to see that on the level of the waking state there's usefulness in one understanding themselves, their environment, their actions, their behavior, their past, and doing some processing because it's important to prepare yourself for meditation and as the yogic system talks about the yams and the niyams there's injunctions for correct thinking and correct behavior. So these have to be applied. And then asana, of course, exercise, pranayam, breathing techniques. And then we move into pratyahara, the inward turning of the attention for meditation. So oftentimes, if there's too much agitation, anxiety, and stress in the system, it's very hard for a person to do pratyahara, to turn the attention inward, because 
They're so outwardly absorbed in the senses, in the mind, and the senses. And that's where their thinking, all their interest and satisfaction is coming from. So the therapy can be used to get the person to a level of understanding and awareness where they can begin to meditate, where they can be easy enough and relaxed enough in themselves so that meditation can occur. So all of that is useful up to a degree. However, once you start to practice meditation and the mastery comes in knowing your true self, you become aware that the changes that can be made in the waking state on the level of the mind and personality and behavior, processing of past experiences as a child or traumas, that's all limited because as Patanjali says in one of the sutras, that the nature of the vasanas, the changing desires, sense of duality that create those desires, sense of division. It's an infinite field. There's no end to it. You could process all of that, this life, and maybe even other lifetimes, and never really get to the end of it because chashi show and the self is blessed with the desire to live the life so that is eternal that blessing to live life and to live the life in the physical form the mind functions the body functions the senses function so there'll be a never-ending flow of that sense of division that sense of desire and fulfillment of desire when one is focused only on that changing self that changing being so now that we know this the therapy can go to a transpersonal to a higher level where one can examine their true self and in that state all the trauma, all the past, all the behaviors that are not useful that are destructive, the thinking that is destructive that is damaging to the being they tend to begin to fade away because one from this higher perspective knows the purity that they are knows the greatness that they are and now has that power that source of power to think those things that are constructive and positive to live each moment in joy not dependent on what's happened in the past or what will happen in the future for that joy because the self is self-effulgent it doesn't need anything else for its satisfaction so now and as I practice this in my psychotherapy practice I found that people can go to a higher level of awareness and this becomes the focus 
of their therapy, the highest therapy, if you will, is to know you are pure, you are free, you are forever, and not to believe the mind, but to use the mind as an instrument. So now to know that it is the self know that knows, the mind's knowledge is limited, is changing, is transitory, and that field of the mind is infinite. It keeps going. It has no beginning. It has no end. Because the very self is the one without beginning and without end. So now when the power of that beginningless and endless self goes into the mind, that power is there for the mind to think anything, to believe anything, and to be focused on whatever its karma, whatever its experiences are, in life and to dwell there but the one who meditates the one who knows the knower gets freed from the limited waking workings of the mind and knows that the being is the one that's never born and the one that never dies the mind the body will change will perish but the being never changes never dies because it was never born and that being is the space in your meditation where you say that you feel that you are just being, that it is the truth, and that is who you are. So that is now what you want to have faith in your own self as that knower and the conviction that you just keep practicing accepting the mind as it is, without straining, without trying to force anything, just allowing yourself to be, not worrying about what you remember or what you forget, because again, that's the mind that remembers or forgets, but you remain as you. It's always there, you are always that. So it's not even that you have to create that, you just have to not be so intensely focused on the mind believing it, it's reality. Instead, you let the mind be and you know that the beingness is who you are. Amaram ham, madhuram ham, amaram ham, madhuram ham.